So hello everybody and welcome to our uh, next episode of Global LPG Conversations in which we explore developments around the LPG markets um, globally and in various regions. My name is David Appleton, I'm a business development executive at Argus in Singapore and today I'm joined for the second time with our uh, Asia editor, Reza Amanaps. How are you doing Reza? Hi David, good, thanks for the opportunity to talk again. Excellent and um, we spoke originally on our uh, one of the first episodes of this podcast series in January and um, the discussion as I remember then was really around quite a significant rise in prices at the time at the beginning of the year. I think we saw the Far East Index or the August Far East Index got to around almost $700 uh, per tonne. Uh, so we've just started the second quarter here and um, I thought it'd be a good time to check in with you about what's been going on in the market and in particular we've had a lot of things happen not just in LPG markets but uh, in terms of oil markets and global logistics in general. If we think back to, to February, we had the big freeze out of Houston, uh, where we lost uh, about a week's worth of exports from the US Gulf Coast, that's around a million tons. Uh, we then had fog out of Houston as well. And of course, we had this issue with the Suez Canal, which although not necessarily as crucial to the global LPG system is uh, certainly part of that. And so um, logic would say that when these sort of things happen, you'd expect to see um, higher prices again. Uh, is that what's been going on and how's the market reacted to these disruptions? Yeah, that's right. So the interesting thing about um, the follow on from January, the, the rise in prices in January is that we've actually, despite all those factors that you mentioned, and I would add to that the ongoing issues on the, in the Panama Canal, uh, where we're still seeing seven, eight days delays continue. Um, all of these issues which have created backlogs uh, of cargoes being delayed uh, would have usually um, uh, you know, caused a spike in, in price, uh, one would have thought. But in fact, since January, our prices have been drifting lower. And I think the major reason for that is uh, uh, demand side issues, frankly, in Asia. And, um, uh, you know, there has been um, a few flare-ups in uh, COVID-19 uh, outbreaks in places in China, which has forced uh, some major provinces and cities to engage various um, levels of lockdown, uh, and you know, which Im impacted the transportation sector and the ability to deliver LPG. Um, we've also, uh, frankly, seen not a great recovery in some sectors such as the commercial and the residential sector in terms of demand um, ever since the, the, the COVID outbreak happened in some countries such as Japan, South Korea. Uh, and as I say, because of these rolling uh, or flare-ups of COVID cases in, in China, you also had a recovery and then, a, you know, a loss in demand when uh, you know, lockdowns, lockdowns had to be put in place again. Um, and then in addition to that, uh, we had a period where <clears throat> Chinese PDH units, which have been um, basically supportive of demand in, in over this period uh, where commercial and residential demand was hit, uh, going into maintenance in February and March. So there was a heavy schedule of maintenance in February and March, and that also meant that pet chem demand for propane in, in, in China wasn't as great as it was be. And, and this is probably, you know, we're quite lucky to have gone through all these um, events, uh, blockages, um, delays, 
and the freeze in Houston at the time where Asian demand wasn't spectacular and probably absorbed that the, the, all these issues were absorbed by the market without too much fuss, as we can see from the prices. Or last week we had for Saudi CP published, I believe it was um, about $65 lower than March at $560 per tonne. And was that where you think the market was expecting it or, or, or a bit lower? Um, and again, is that connected to this softening demand? I think the market was genuinely surprised when they saw the, the CP come out at the lower end of the recommendations. So there was some space for Saudi to have set it higher within the recommendation range. Uh, but they decided to go to the for the the lower side of the the range, and uh, I think that's got a lot to do with the fact that they can probably see um, demand in Asia being easily covered by what's available, despite some of the loading delays. Um, obviously, some buyers would have missed their lay can; they would have have had to swap cargoes. But there's uh, there isn't this sense of uh, you know really tight supply at the moment because of what we spoke about earlier in terms of demand side. Um, and I think in addition to that, we have seen a steady volume of spot cargoes emerge from other Middle East Gulf producers, uh, such as uh, Kuwait, KPC, um, QP in Qatar. They've been sort of ad hoc basis selling spot cargoes, other Middle East Gulf, which have been usually sold at a at quite a heavy discount to the CP. So, um, you know, the prices are in themselves telling us that we are not in a shortage situation and Aramco would have looked at that, looked at the double digit discounts that these spot cargos are getting and decided that probably need to set the CP lower for April. They were right. also um, going to, you know, eventually come out of this cycle of cutting their uh, crude production uh, and the latest news is that Saudi Arabia and other OPEC producers are going to start to allow their production to come back up again. And uh, the Saudis probably knew this. There's going to be more availability uh, coming from them as well. So um, yeah, there's there's a sense of like you know the market was probably not able to handle higher prices uh, at this rate. Right. Okay, I understand. And then just moving to a slightly different topic, um, I know that you've uh, you've written a very interesting article for Argus LPG World this month, which uh, will be up for our readers on Tuesday about um, the bigger picture in Indonesia going forward and some potential replacement of LPG um, with DME. Um, could you just uh, tell our listeners a little bit about that story? Yeah. So this is a story that's been. Uh, sort of talked about a lot coming out, you know, a lot of, lot of, uh, a lot of this coming out of um, government policy circles in, in Jakarta, who have been uh, toying with this idea for a long time. But um, I think there's new proposals and more serious, serious proposals now about um, phasing out LPG imports over time um, and perhaps uh, basically not importing any more LPG by 2030. And of course, that's significant because Indonesia is the biggest importer in Southeast Asia, one of the biggest in Asia itself. Uh, that would be critical for the market in terms of uh, loss of demand if Indonesia were to do that. Of course, this is there's a timeline to this. It's not going to happen in the short term. As I say, they're probably looking to phase uh, LPG imports 
out by 2030. And one of the ways in which they want to be able to achieve that is by um, uh, basically developing the downstream coal uh, industry. I mean, the coal industry for Indonesia's economy is, is hugely important. They're one of the, well, they are the world's largest thermal coal exporter. Um, and I think they just want to get more value out of that industry. And by developing a downstream coal gasification um, uh, downstream sector, they can, you know, benefit from getting more value out of the coal industry and at the same time cutting their import bill while in not having to um, import more LPG, which is quite costly for them. They have to um, set aside quite a chunky bit of subsidies every year for uh, imports of LPG. Um, and yeah, so uh, demethyl ether from, uh, or DME from coal is one of the solutions that they seem to be opting for. Okay, very interesting. So a combination of the trying to be, well, basically mainly being um, more independent in terms of their, their energy needs there, although obviously there are um, a lot of people who would argue that in some ways using coal for, uh, for residential needs is environmentally maybe um, not, a, not, not a step in line with, with progress that we, that we see in a lot of countries, but uh, obviously there are always competing um, priorities for, for governments around the world. In this case, if they have the coal, uh, there's some logic to, to be able to, to use it. So that's certainly something to watch. You said it's, uh, 2030 is the time frame when they're looking to sort of really ramp down the imports and bring it uh, back down to pre-subsidy level. Yeah, and I, I think the, um, you know, the, the whole idea is still under review. I mean, uh, the infrastructure, uh, that's currently in place for the distribution of LPG. Some of that might be able to be, be able to just be diverted to um, distributing DME, but uh, for sure there's going to be a need for new infrastructure to do this, which isn't right now available. Uh, it also depends on the price of LPG going forward. If prices go lower, obviously the incentive to make huge investments to switch over to a new product uh, to replace propane or, or butane is not going to be um as attractive um so there's it's still up in the air it's just that obviously uh, the indigenous government right now is in incentivizing um the, the the development of the coal downstream sector by um uh giving uh, royalty exemptions to certain uh, uh gasification coal gasification plants and projects and prioritizing them so it seems as though they are you know down that path it's just that uh, they're not that down that path long enough yet to know for sure if this is going to have a significant impact on their LPG uh, imports in the long term. Okay, well anyway, very interesting, certainly science of watch considering, yeah, I believe they're the best, biggest importer in the world and as you say, the biggest in, in Southeast Asia and I think very interestingly, um, they source from, from really a lot of different places now, both Middle East, the US and, and other locations, so any change to Indonesia will be uh, quite important for the global market in general. So, brilliant. Well, thanks very much, uh, Reza. And uh, yeah, let's uh, let's catch up again uh, in a couple of months and see how things progress. Sure. Thanks Cheers. a lot. Bye. -bye.